Hello and welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. I am your host, Mary Zarnecki, and today I am so excited to introduce you to our next guest in our expert guest series here. I have John Melora with me today, and we are going to be talking all about imposter syndrome and being authentic and in action. So, uh, John, thank you so much for joining us today. If you guys don't know John, he is a professional speaker who went from being a literal rocket scientist to a multi-award winning portrait photographer and coach. Welcome, John. So happy you're here. I'm psyched to be here, Mary. Thank you. Well, I know some of the folks listening and watching may be familiar with you, may know you, but for those who have not gotten a chance to get to know you, tell us a little bit about what your business is about, what your speaking is about. Yeah, so what I currently do is I give keynotes and workshops on imposter syndrome. And the first thing I like to do right out of the gate during either of those is explain what imposter syndrome is. And at its core is self-doubt because imposter syndrome specifically makes people feel like they're a fake despite the degrees, despite the accolades they've received, despite the awards, despite the praise, they just feel like they're just BSing everybody. And it's only, you know, a matter of time until they're found out as not being as competent as everyone feels that they are, which spoiler alert, they're probably beyond competent because <laughs> it affects a lot of high achievers. But yeah, I'm excited to dig into it with you, Mary. Well, definitely. And and I know we were chatting even just before we hit record on this. And I think that this is such an important topic because like you said, this does hit high achievers. And at least in my experience, it's it's holding people back from bringing impact, right? But if, we're, if we have value to give, but yet we're holding ourselves back, we're not able to to create that kind of difference in in our communities and our families and our companies. What are you seeing as, you know, when, when this is happening to people, what are the biggest, you know, misses? What are the biggest drawbacks? What, what is the problem with people actually falling prey to imposter syndrome? Yeah, that that's a fantastic question, Mary. And the way I like to sum it up is I say imposter syndrome is a thief. Mm. It is an absolute thief because it steals your joy. When you get these awards or accolades, I know from personal experience, when I've been standing on stage getting like letters of commendation from the military in my previous career when I was an engineer, I felt like they were going to take it away from me on stage because they were going to find out that I was a fake. So it, it robs you of your joy, first of all. It steals your potential because if you're already in a position where you feel like you're not enough, you're you're not going to be as likely to pursue, you know, the promotion, a different job, a different house, move to a new town, you know, ask someone out on a date, you know, so you're, you're, cause you're already feeling not enough. So why would you even ask for more? And most importantly, and I'm so glad to hear you kind of touch on it about making an impact is it steals the capability to serve people, the people that we're here to serve. Because what it does, imposter syndrome tricks you into, like it said, thinking you're not enough. So you're not going to go out of your way to start that podcast or do whatever it is to help other people. So it steals your joy, robs you of your happiness and cheats those that we're here to serve. I love that. And it's it, characterizing it as that thief. It's so true because like you're saying, it's it's not only stealing from others, right? The impact that you can have for others, but from yourself, does all of these accolades, like you were saying, end up being hollow. So 
can you help us kind of understand either for yourself or for those that you coach and that you work with and speak to, where are those tipping points? Where is that moment or what happens to people when they suddenly say, oh, okay, well, this is just how things are. What has to happen to someone or what happens to get them to really say, okay, this this can't keep going. This endless cycle really has to stop. Yeah, the, the first thing is, as with any kind of personal growth or transformation is being, you know, relentlessly self-aware. So one of the things I, I like to step people through in exercises, you know, have them create a lifeline where they draw a horizontal line on a paper. Anything above the line is something that you perceive as good having, having happened in your life. Anything that you perceive as bad, you draw below the line. So that way people are able to kind of recognize patterns mm-hmm. and, with imposter syndrome, you know, it, it can manifest itself in so many different ways. You know, there's the feeling like a fake, like that's the core definition. But Dr. Um, Valerie Young, who's done work on imposter syndrome since I think the early 1980s, you know, talks about five different ways it can manifest itself. The first one is being the superhero, saying things like, I'm here to save the day at work. Like, are, are you really the person that needs to put that fire out like twice a week at work and be there till 9 p.m.? Or are you trying to prove that you have worth? Mm-hmm. Like I can identify, by the way, I can identify with all five of these. So when I speak, <laughs> I'm speaking from an experience. There are a lot of people listening are, can too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the second way it can manifest itself that people don't even really recognize is they, you know, she, Dr. Valerie Young calls it the natural genius. It might be like, why would a natural genius, someone who things have always come easy to, why would, why would imposter syndrome you know, affect them or how could it affect them? How would it manifest itself? Well, if you're someone who academics or athletics or meeting people has always come naturally easy, like, let's face it, once you become an adult and you're out in the world, so many things stack up, you know, you're moving for jobs, your parents are aging, you know, relationships, marriage, kids, all, all the things, well, that can all take a toll. So if someone is used to having things come easy to them naturally, if all of a sudden now like they're struggling, it can sometimes really rock the foundation of, you know, who am I? Mm-hmm. It can make people feel like, have I been a living a lie my whole life? Life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're just, you're just in this season of life. Right. Um, so th- those are two ways that, that it can come up. And there, there are three other ways, you know, one of them's being the expert. Do you really need to take that additional course before you, you know, launch your podcast or start your business? Or are you using that as an excuse because you feel unworthy? So it's like, well, if I have just a little bit more training. Yeah. And then fourth way is people that, you know, she calls it the soloist. You know, I I can do this. I don't need any help from anybody. Mm. Like I know when I was in, yeah, pushing people away. I know when I was in engineering, part of my job was to write these very detailed test plans. You know, we were testing you know, spacecraft components or military hardware. Like we had to like be able to verify everything we we're doing. And I remember I would take forever to write these plans. And the story I told myself was I really wanted to make sure it was good before mm-hmm. anyone looked at it. Well, really, I was scared of someone saying like, who wrote this drivel? <laughs> I, I, I already didn't feel worthy to be there. So it's not like I'm going to give them ammunition. Right. And that ties into the fifth way. And this, this, I save this one for last because a lot of people groan whenever I say this one and I step on so many toes, but deal with it. Self growth isn't easy is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So many people say, like, 
well, you know, I'm just a perfectionist. Like it's a feature when really it's like nothing's perfect. All you're doing is delaying putting your stuff out there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so those are some ways that it can show up that people don't even realize. Amazing. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where I remember, you know, senior year in college and we're practicing for interviews and, you know, you're going through those typical interview questions and they're, they're making you figure out answers to that one question, right? Well, well, tell us what your weaknesses are. You know, you have to anticipate those crazy questions. Mm -hmm. And they're like, say perfectionism, say, and I think it's such a good point though, that that's not something that it really is a weakness. There's something there that's causing you to hold back, right? right? Why do you feel like you have to rework this? Why do you feel like you have to have it perfect before putting it out there? And I think you, you pointed out something really powerful there, which was that I don't want to give them ammunition, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm already dealing with the, the mean girl voices in my head, right? Yeah. Speaking from experience, but I don't want to, I don't need the external now mean voices either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. One of my favorite authors, John Acuff describes perfectionism as fear dressed up in a tuxedo. <laughs> you know, it looks all fancy and like it's supposed to be there. And, but really it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a fancy form of fear. Oh my gosh. Well, let me ask you this. So I know in your speaking, you work with a wide variety of audiences and and you also coach people when, when you're helping people really navigate through this. Mm -hmm. Where can you even start? Because I'm sure it might feel overwhelming, right? It might feel overwhelming to have this realization of, okay, this is my current reality. I don't want this to be my reality, but I don't know how to stop this. I don't know how to take a first step. How, what do you say to people? How do you help them with that? What, well, first of all, what I like to do is give them the vocabulary just to describe it. Because for so much of my life, I didn't have that vocabulary to know mm. what imposter syndrome was. Mm. And growing up in the 80s and 90s, especially being a, a, a male, like we weren't taught how to talk about how we felt. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one really was, but especially guys. So I didn't even have the the vocabulary to express what I was feeling with imposter syndrome until I was on a work trip and a, a colleague said, oh, they're giving a, a seminar on imposter syndrome. And I'm like, what's imposter syndrome? And she said, well, it's when you feel like a fake. And I'm like, everyone doesn't feel like that. <laughs> she said, no, she said, you might want to look into this. So, so number one, educating people on what it is and the ways it can manifest itself. Because, you know, when you give something a name, it gives you a little bit of control over it. It's like, okay, we can kind of define the box and the box might be kind of amorphous and, you know, a bit jelly-like, but at least you can start defining it. And one of the first things that I like to step people through to start combating it is it's called an archive of awesome, where I actually have them list successes, big wins, little wins, you know, even things that they really like. And I have them write that down and keep track of it. I mean, it can be in a notebook. It can be in a fillable PDF that I send to people. If they sign up for my newsletter, it can be on your phone. Like that's where I keep mine. And what that does is that trains your brain to be like, oh, I have done some amazing things. Like, here's the proof. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to say fear hates facts. Like fear hates facts. Like if you start shining the light of truth on on your fear and your self-doubt and you combat it with facts and you, re, you know, keep getting the reps in and doing that over and over again, 
it will eventually start to rewire your brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I always say it's, this is about turning down the volume of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because it's not a switch. You know, you don't flip a switch after you write your archive of awesome and everything's fine and dandy the rest of your life. It's like, no, like I wake up when I have days and I'm like, you know, I don't feel like I, I have what it takes. That's part of the reason why I dug out all the awards and all the things that I'd earned over, you know, my various professional careers and I hung them on the wall behind me. Mm-hmm. So when I walk into my office, I can look at it and be like, all right, I might not feel like the guy who was you know, able to lead teams that landed things on Mars, but I did <laughs> like that guy's in there somewhere. Yeah. So that's one of the first tact, you know, tactile things that people can do is just, just start writing down wins and write down wins from your whole life. Like mm-hmm. I have a medal hanging behind me from, I think, I won it when I was nine years old as a Cub Scout. I won like the Pinewood Derby race car thing. You know, it's hanging right next to something I got from a Homeland Security project I led because mm-hmm. fear doesn't fight fair either. That's very true. Right. It's going to bring something up that happened when you were a little person, you know, very young person, and it's going to trip you up decades later. Yeah. It's like, well, fear's not going to fight fair. Then why are we going to fight fair? We're going to we're going to write down all the good things that have happened throughout our life. So that's one of the biggest things I I suggested people is write down like your archive of awesome. I love the archive of awesome. And I love the permission that you gave people just to bring things throughout their life because it's so true, yeah. right? I listened to Darren Brown's brain bootcamp where they were, he was talking about things that happened to you. Like you just said, when you were five, six, seven, eight, right? The, the, the mean kid in the class that said you had funny looking hair, your clothes look different or something that's still influencing your perception of self, your way that you're showing up now. So why shouldn't the accolades, why shouldn't the good things, the positive things, like you're saying, also be brought into that, that archive of awesome. That's fantastic. So you mentioned something I think that was really interesting, probably for a lot of the folks listening. We do have a lot of folks in the community that are men or identify as men. And so that's an entirely different experience too, because I know, at least from reading some of your writing and and hearing some of your uh, you know work, it's it's been hard to kind of break through that because a lot of times you're told no 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 just brush it off work through it push through it right rub some dirt on it right get yeah, over like, it boys don't cry all the things right? you should be you should be okay with this if if there are men listening to this right now what might be something that you think that they might need to hear that they're not alone and having these feelings like first and foremost, you're not alone mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with community and finding community that, you know, believes in the same things you do and lifts you up is so important. And, you know, the on- online life can be, you know, fake or whatever, but if you can find communities that are truly vested in helping their people just be happier or go after whatever goals. That's a, that's a great thing to do. So what, what I'm trying to do, speaking of community is linking arm with other guys to actually talk about this publicly and to really reduce that stigma of men not being able to talk about things and especially men who operate at elite levels. So there's a guy named William, who's a 20, 20 plus year veteran of the Navy SEALs. I'm a former rocket scientist. We went on an Instagram live and talked for over 20 minutes about our struggles with imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like, 
hear two men talking about this and also two men that are used to operating at like the most elite levels out there. Right. And, you know, other guys in the special forces community and I are starting to have conversations about this and bring that into the forefront just to, just to normalize it and be like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like this can affect anyone. And more importantly, surround yourselves with community because as, as men, like we kind of get two versions of like how we're quote unquote supposed to act, you know, from society and Hollywood. It's like, you're either like Rambo. You can like take out a helicopter with, you know, a thumbtack and a rubber band and you're the lone wolf or you're the complete buffoon, like every father on a sitcom. Right. So trying to just normalize that we can, we don't have to be either one of those and especially don't be the lone wolf Mm -hmm. because that is a myth. Like in actuality, lone wolves in nature don't survive. Mm -hmm. So nothing else, like find yourself a good supportive pack and group of friends. Yeah. Well, I think it's such a, such an important conversation. Like you said, just to know that they're not alone, Mm -hmm. just to know that like that time when you, you asked your, your colleague, well, what's imposter syndrome? Wait, not everyone. (laughs) People are actually thinking these thoughts. This is, this is something that's happening, especially to people who land vehicles on Mars. I mean, you're, you're literally a scientist. Has anyone from, you know, I know in, in the work that you do, you're meeting new people and they're, they're, you know, sharing these experiences with you, but has anyone from your past come, come back to you and kind of said, oh my gosh, I never knew you felt like this. Have you had any of those kind of experiences? So, so many of them. One of the first things I did, or one of the first big things I did where I talked very publicly about my my experience with mental health because I, I had very severe anxiety stemming from trauma when I was younger mm-hmm. was I, I got a message from a coworker because I, I I used to show up in the world very differently than I do now. Like I, I used to be very defensive, very, you know, use my powers of ability to connect with people instead of using the connect and for positivity, I would say like, I was like Darth Vader with the force. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I used them for like the you know power of darkness. So if I ever felt threatened looking back on it, I was so, so concerned with being hurt mm-hmm. that I had the mentality I was going to push people away on my terms. I was going to, you know, it was like Cobra Kai, you know, strike first, right. strike hard, no mercy. Like that's the way if, if I ever felt anyone was like challenging me or like, you know, disturbing this veneer of perfection that I had created, mm-hmm. like I would just lash out at them. So I remember after I wrote this piece talking about anxiety and how much I had struggled, I got a very heartfelt message from a woman I used to work with. She said, I could never figure out why you would react like you would. And I always thought something's not right. That doesn't seem like his true nature. And she said, it it now makes so much more sense knowing that. She said, because I always knew something was off, but I could never put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. And yeah. and I'm sure people also are feeling more safe for like communicating that they're having these experiences too hearing you model that and kind of share that like like when your friend explained that oh yeah no this is something that people do experience that's why there's a whole conference on it that's amazing well thank you so much for for just being here for helping those who are listening and watching maybe realize maybe for the first time that this is something that 
not, they're not alone in that. These thoughts are normal, that whether you're a literal rocket scientist or high-performing individual, whether it's an executive, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's a Navy SEAL, those accolades, those awards, if they're feeling hollow, that's not something that's wrong with you, right? That that's something that we can, we can actually address that we can work through. Absolutely. Terrific. Now I know this may have brought up some questions from people. What is the best way uh, for people to connect with you? Best place to find you? Yeah. The good news is there are not too many people named John Malora out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on Instagram, Facebook, just John Malora. And my website is johnmalora.com. Very creative. But there's there's contact forms there. There's resources. Like I said, they sign up for my newsletter. As soon as they sign up, they get an ar- archive of awesome sent to them as a fillable PDF. And then five days of things where I unpack imposter syndrome a little bit more. If they want to dig deeper, there's online courses available. And, you know, of course I do one-on-one coaching too. Fantastic. So I encourage you guys, we'll definitely include all the links to connect with John where you're watching or listening to this episode. And definitely at the very least, take advantage of that archive of awesome fill in the blank. I mean, just as a first step, it sounds like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go do that because awesome. <laughs> we all have those bad days, right? We all have those days where, whether, whether this is something that truly holding you back consistently or whether it's just a one-off, everyone's going to need that archive of awesome. So they definitely need to go get that. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mary. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, John. And thank you all for listening and watching this episode of the Sticky Note Marketing Show. Uh, I welcome you to come back, join us for the next installment of our guest expert series. Until then, I will see you later. Signing off.